Hello and welcome to the River and Panhandle's weekly podcast. We are so excited that you are tuning in for this week's message. Before we get started, there are a few things that we would love for you to do. Share it, subscribe, and rate the podcast. So the message is about to begin. We hope that you are encouraged and that you always remember, no role is insignificant. Every life matters and go out and make a difference. Testimony. We had Pastor Naomi get up and speak a little bit about her testimony, so thank her for that. I'd like to continue in that same vein today talking about testimony, so I'm glad you're here with us. If you'll bow your heads real quick. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this chance just to get together and be of one mind, one heart, and one spirit towards you. We ask that you just continue to bless us as we seek after you, Lord, because your word promises us that if we seek, we ask, we knock at your door, that you will open things that we might become part of your kingdom. We ask that that kingdom would just overcome us. And as we go through these places, Lord, that we always recognize that you're with us and for us. And because of that, we can have such a more impactful existence on this earth. So thank you for making that possible in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So thank you guys for being here. Uh, like I said, I want to continue on this uh, journey of talking about testimony and what that means. Now, a lot of times when I discuss testimony with people, they're like, well, I don't have one of those testimonies. I don't have like this big, long-out story about how I encountered Jesus. Jesus changed my life, and I walked in a new direction. And I, I want to encourage you to tell you that's just not true because everything you do on this planet where God meets you in those moments is testimony willing to be released into somebody's ears. And by doing so, it's the Word of God coming alive through you, your voice becoming a power that can overcome the darkness. And that's the ability we have when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And so last week, we introduced a passage to you out of Revelations 12. And we'll look at that real quick. Revelations 12, uh, Revelations 10 through 12. It says, now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down. He who accuses them before our God day and night. And, and so that verse tells us there's somebody accusing us. There's somebody out to make sure that they accuse us before God and probably the rest of humanity. Now, it's hard to not imagine that if he was doing that in heavens, once he was thrown down, that he's still doing this on our earth. And this being a political season, I mean, you can't turn on the TV without political ads everywhere. And those guys accuse people nonstop. It almost sounds like that Bible verse with some of those political ads. By the way, coming up on Tuesday, a chance for you to express your vote, especially in state elections. So make sure you get out and vote. Uh, but this is a chance to overthrow the accuser. And so we continue. Verse 11, and they overcame him because of the blood of the lamb because of the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives even when faced with death. And so it's a powerful scripture there about how we overcome the accuser. Like I said, it's not hard to imagine if he was doing that up in heaven, what do you think he's doing here on this earth? With all those political ads, and when you walk into work, when you walk into school, wherever you're at, you're probably going to come against an accusation of some sort. Even in this church, you know, somebody gets a case of hurt feelings, and they go up and say, well, you know, this, this, and this. And it's like, well, let's, let's sit down and let's talk about it. Let's sit down and talk about it, because we can overcome the accuser by what this passage tells us. They overcome 
because of the blood of the Lamb, we get, we get baptized. We confess Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And then we pick up His ways and we start to have a testimony of how that affects our life. And then we do not love our lives unto death. So it's a pretty nice little picture of how we overcome those situations and how we overcome those ways. The Bible says we can overcome by those three things working together. And that's pretty powerful if you think about it. If you sit down and you think about it, it's a simple solution. It's one plus one plus one, and all of a sudden you're overcoming the accuser. So if there is an accuser in your life, if there is an accuser in your workplace, if there is an accuser maybe in your households, this is how you overcome them. Number one, by the blood of the Lamb. Number two, by the power of your testimony. Number three, that you do not love your lives unto death. And we'll talk more about that here in a second. But it's just a real simple formula. We, it, it, it's pretty basic, and it's pretty cool because it does that, it overcomes. You're an overcomer when you share your testimony. And so what does that look like? What does the testimony look like? And that's us releasing the Word of God through our lives. That's us taking that promise that's in the Bible. That's us taking that word of encouragement that's in the Bible and us putting it into practice. And once we put it into practice and we've overcome something, then we break the back and we break the neck of the accuser. And I mean, it's a real nice little easy process, pretty simple. It's, you know, what is a testimony? And so I give you a couple examples. You know, yesterday we got up and we went and cleaned up some yards and panhandled some widowers. And so uh, we were with a group of people and we all got together after the cleaning was done. We sat down and she served us up some hot chocolate and coffee. And we noticed one of the ladies, her earring was missing. Now it's just a little bit of earring, right? And so we, you know, we were like starting to scatter out into the yard as time came by to find that. And we were all looking and searching, you know, I'm getting all analytical and stuff and trying to set up a grid and how I'm going to find this little bitty tiny silver earring in the grass. And they're over there starting to pull the mulch out of the bags. And so we start praying, Lord, bring forth that earring. In fact, we like Ronan, my six-year-old involved, ask him to pray to Jesus so we'd find the earring. And so they started to give up and they lifted up a bag where they'd been searching and there was the earring. Just right there as if it appeared out of nowhere. That's a testimony of you praying to God and God delivering a, such a small thing as an earring. It wasn't there before. They'd been set down in that little area searching. And of course, I'd been doing my whole grid thing. And uh, it's like the earring appeared out of nowhere. So your testimony about how God impacts your life doesn't have to be this thing of where I went and I was a martyr. It can just be something as simple as I prayed to God about my lost keys. I was running really late this morning, and for some reason we can't put our keys up where they belong, like on those nice little hooks by the door. And so then we study around like a frantic trying to find those keys. You pray to God, and maybe the keys will show up. I mean, it's those small things that release God's promises in the areas around us. So the power of a testimony just like that invokes the kingdom of heaven in your life. And it stands as a story to other people about how God can affect your area. I'll give you another example. I got a friend, this dude, he's one of those guys that went to a community college, got a two-year degree, He'd been making six figures as long as I can believe, as long as I've been alive. He's my best friend from high school, and uh, sadly enough, he's one of my longest living friends. I've gotten to the age where some of those guys have started to part out. But uh, he's got this beautiful life down on the Gulf Coast. He likes to send me pictures of this beautiful sunset, of the sun setting into the ocean. And he, he tells me about how he gets in his little 
canoe and goes and fishes in Corpus Christi Bay right after work because the, the ocean's just right there. And I'm like, you know, what a miserable life that is, you know, making six figures fishing after work. But it wasn't always so. He, uh, he called me up one day. He's just a good man. We worked at Brahms together a long time ago. But he, he called me up one day and says, Les, I, I need your prayers. Well, yeah, what's going on, man? He goes, uh, well, my wife's got cancer. Now, I graduated with his wife. He's a little older than us. And so, you know, some shock automatically set in. Well, she can't have cancer. She's the same age as me. We're too young for that. Well, what, what, what kind of cancer does she got? Because they're doing a miracle with cancer these days. And he goes, well, she's got esophageal cancer. What in tarnation is esophageal cancer? How does that happen? And so he starts to tell me about she gets these, uh, you know, the tumors. And she can't eat and she can't drink. They went to the doctor. She comes up with this cancer. And so through that process... You know, all of a sudden, life has to stop. And so you go back to that verse about not loving your life unto death. I mean, they had two kids in high school at the time, the one going off to college. He's making six figures, fishing every night on the Gulf, sending me pictures of that beautiful sunset. And uh, all of a sudden, all that stops because his wife has all of a sudden got this cancer I never even heard of. And so through that process of walking that out becomes a situation of, a man who has to engage this thing that has attacked his family. And they still got three kids. They like to play tennis, like to play football, like to do Boy Scouts, trying to go off to college. All that has to be set down over here because mom is sick. And you know how when mom is sick in the house, all of a sudden it's up to us to do something different as men. All of a sudden, maybe we're cleaning clothes. All of a sudden, maybe we're doing more laundry and more laundry and more dishes and more dishes. And we're all of a sudden taking care of three kids while she goes through this process. And on top of that, we're taking care of her. And that was his life. And so I began to talk to him and throughout that process. And he would call me. I would call and check on him. One day he calls me and he says, uh, or I call him. And he, I said, what's going on? He goes, well, I'm going to go get, uh, go get my wife some uh, smoked chicken. I'm like, some smoked chicken? Great, she's eating again. Because like I said, she couldn't eat because of those tumors. And she goes, no, no, she can't eat. She just thought she'd like to smell some smoked chicken. I said, well, how are you going to get that to her? Well, I've been feeding her through a feeding tube. And that had been going on for a long time. And so you imagine having to set down your life to start feeding your wife through a feeding tube. I mean, that's some pretty hard stuff. And he's an elder of his church, so he had full church support. He had full church prayers. He had me praying for him. Unfortunately, though, the, the cancer just did, didn't go away. And so he calls me and says, she's gone. And I'm like, man, she's my age. I knew her. I was at your wedding. We had plans. His testimony through that process, though, is one that I picked up of what it's like to be a husband what it's like to be a man. Because at that point, you set down your goals and your dreams and you pick up this idea that those kids have got to see their mother survive. They've got to see a dad who's on point taking care of that situation and making sure that they're taken care of and she's taken care of. At that point, his story becomes a testimony to me about what it really means to be a husband, what it really means to be a father. Because at that point... Whatever I had going, whatever I had dreamed of, it all is here in this world of cancer. And so her testimony was, he'd call me up and tell me, hey, you know, we went to MD Anderson or we went to this place or this place, and you wouldn't believe to hear her encourage other people. In the battle that she had where she could barely speak or drink, she spent more time encouraging those around her to fight for life.
And of course, he's gladly willing her behind the wheelchair because that's his wife. You know, she's going to survive this. We're going to get through this. And so his testimony to me is one of a man who laid his life down, did not love his life unto death, and instead picked up this new life of trying to bring her more life so that others could have life around her. Your testimony story doesn't have to be this long, drawn-out process. It can just be things like that that change the world around you. It's the power of the living word inside of you going forth and making the world a better place. Because through that tragedy, through that heartbreak, through that hurt, I would get a little bit angry. And I was a little angry. God, why didn't you hear my prayers? God, why didn't you hear my prophecies? I spoke over them. God, why didn't you hear my declarations? And because he had a different plan. I don't know how to, how, how, how to make you know, those things go away, but I do know that I had to put my trust in him just like he did. He had to lay down his life and say, that will be done. It's like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's praying so hard that he's pouring blood out. He didn't want to go to the cross. I mean, look at that. He had doubts too. He was, he was a flesh and blood. He had his doubts too. But he laid down his life and did not love it unto death and was willing to take the cross so that we might have salvation and be celebrating that 2,000 years ago. I mean, isn't that great? Some of you are probably against this, but we're into the Christmas season. I was playing Christmas music this morning. <laughs> it's time. It's time to get my Christmas on. Because it's a time of magic. It's a time of once there was no way, and now there is a way. Once there was no Savior, and now there is a Savior. It's a beautiful celebration of man loving man. And I'm glad to celebrate that, even if it you know, means I have to play Christmas music right the first of November, and we still got Thanksgiving to go, but I'm okay with that. Don't judge me too hard. But uh, that's the testimony of God's Word in us. So I want to pull this other Bible verse out for you. It's Revelations 19. And uh, John the Revelator, because there's a couple different Johns in the Bible. They weren't too original with names back then. There's like 5 million Marys, 60 Johns. And so John gets called up to heaven. And now if you read through Revelations 12, it's one heck of a picture. Take time to read that. Uh, but at the end of that, John is up in heaven. There's a figure coming towards him. It gets down on his knees because it's so glorious. And it's an angel. And the angel says, do not do that. I'm a fellow servant of yours and your brethren who hold the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And so what does that mean? The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. I'm glad you asked what that means. Tonight... We have Bill and Kathy Johnson, and they're bringing their Prophet You uh, prophetic teams to the church. So we're going to have some prophetic teams lined up on the walls to speak words of encouragement with you. Bray and his beautiful worship team are going to be behind you playing some worship music. Not going to be a whole lot of preaching going on. Just going to be some worship and praising of God. But they're bringing that prophetic team to word. Now, pro prophets get a pretty bad rap in the Bible. If you're actually studying the Bible, you got prophets, and they're always accused of bringing doom and gloom and fire and brimstone down on people. But if you actually get in there and read the Word, the prophets have a whole other picture. They weren't all about breathing down that fire and brimstone. They were about trying to get people to recognize the power of God. And if you choose these ways, we'll walk in covenant, and we'll catch these blessings. If you don't, well, some bad things are going to happen. But you also read in there and read, they had some amazing stories about what prophets could do. There was one, Elisha, and it, it says that they, had, they sent a bunch of armies to go find Elisha. 
And the reason they were doing that is because Elisha would hear the battle plans of the enemy. Somehow God told him the battle plans of the enemy, and he would go and tell the king, and so they would win the battles. So there's some good things that happen with prophets. His, his predecessor, Elijah, actually brought a widow's son back to life, just like Jesus and just like Paul did. So there's some good works of the prophets in the Bible. It's not just all this fire and brimstone business. But then you get into the words they're speaking, that prophecy that comes out of their mouth. And so if you'll turn over to 1 Corinthians 14.3, this is what we do. 1 Corinthians 14.3. But for the one who prophesies, speaks to people for edification, exhortation, and consolation. Edification, exhortation, consolation. Those are some big words. So just to break them down for you a little bit, what does it mean to edify? That means to the building up. If you see that word edification anywhere in the Bible, it means they're building up as if building a temple. And who knows that the Bible says that we are now the temple of God. The old temple got destroyed and we are now the living temples of God. So when you see your brother or sister in the hallways, when you see them at the church door at your workplace, what happens if we focus our eyes a little different and see them as a temple of God? That kind of changes things a little bit, doesn't it? If we release a good word into them, what are we doing to build that temple up? What does that temple lack that it needs to be holy? What does that temple lack that it needs to have a good word, a word of encouragement to have strong foundations? And that's what it means to prophecy. That next word, uh, next word is exhortation. Now, I could get all Greeky on you, but I'm, I'm going to leave that. But I will tell you that exhortation means to encourage. In fact, one of my favorite Bible, uh, Bible verses is when uh, they call somebody a son of encouragement. I've always wanted to be a son of encouragement, somebody who goes out and is known for encouraging people. It's one of my things I try to be in my life. So that's giving an encouraging word. And finally, there's the consultation, the consolation. And that word means the purpose of persuading, stimulating, calming, consoling, as if to comfort. But it's a more, it's a more personal word than that because it means to come alongside somebody and to give them that word. It's not, you know, just an over preaching from the top about how comfortable you can be or how consoling I can be. It's an actual coming alongside of somebody and speaking to them. And so that's what prophecy means. It's this grace of God being released in your life. That's what a testimony does. I mean, we tend to tend to treat these words as big things and try to give them as lofty things, but they're not. That's what a word of testimony does. It consoles somebody. It exhorts somebody. It builds up some confidence in them. Me releasing a word to you, a testimony about how I encourage that word, might just build you up a little stronger and realize that you got what it takes to get through this trial, this tribulation. Or maybe if you try this method, it'll work. It's worth considering when we look at each other, to consider it's a temple of God. And we can build life into that temple with the words we release and those testimonies that we encounter. It's kind of like praying for an earring. Nothing special about an earring. It's just a little thing that hangs off your ear. Unless your great-great-great-great-grandma gave them to you and they're solid gold, probably not worth a whole lot. But it was enough to spur him to make that earring appear right in front of us. I mean, that's a pretty good word that God's going to answer our prayers, right? It's a pretty good prayer that even though my friend's wife passed into the yonder and doesn't have to suffer from that affliction anymore, that I still get the testimony that if a man stands with God in his promises, good things can happen. And I can show the world a better way to live. 
I can sit there and find a way to bring life into a situation even though there is none. And those are all great places to be because a lot of times we get caught up in our systems. We care so much about our systems that we forget there's flesh and blood for those systems. We get so caught up in our rules that we don't understand that the rules that those were made for involve people who have to encounter those rules. And so sometimes we got to drop those things and see those things through God's lens and through his eyes. And that's a great place to be because then it opens up the door for possibilities that didn't exist before. It's kind of like Christmas. Never before Jesus was born was there ever a Christmas. I mean, the whole world celebrated Christmas for like 8,000 years before us. Or didn't get to celebrate Christmas before Jesus. And then all of a sudden, we got this giant holiday. We celebrate year after year after year. But this one man enters the picture, lives this extraordinary life, and frees us from the old lifestyles, and we can celebrate a great holiday because of that. It didn't exist before, but now it exists. And that's another power of prophecy, the ability to call things into the being that didn't exist before. You know, maybe there is no hope in that situation. The doctors, doctors, all they know is medical stuff. We know that you have a, you know, a, a 10% chance of surviving this. You have a 10% chance of making money off of this. You have a 2% chance of surviving this. Your marriage has a, a 40% chance of coming through this. That's what the statistics will tell you. That's what the doctors will tell you, not because they're bad people, not because they're wrong people, because that's what they deal with day in and day out. But the Word of God says something different. The Word of God says there's chance, there's a hope. Where there was no way, He made a way. And that's a beautiful thing about this upcoming holiday, is the fact that it's His Word coming alive that we get to celebrate. That's the great thing about your testimony, is it didn't exist before, now it exists, now it's God's Word going forth, and it's because you spoke it into existence by releasing it into somebody's life. One of the things I love about this church is the amount of people that sit in this congregation who have adopted children. Now, I don't know why they were up for adoption in the first place, but I can tell you the second place that you gave them hope, that you gave them a warm bed, you gave them a place of somebody who will actually smile at them and make a world of a difference. Maybe for the first time in their lives, they have a stable atmosphere. I don't know, but I do know that because you entered their lives, what existed before does not exist any longer, but the newness now exists, and it can be a better world for those people. So thank you for adopting children. Thank you for taking ownership of that situation so that tomorrow will be a better place for them. And that's the extra power of testimony is that tomorrow can be a better place for us. And by releasing that word, life can get better for people around us and not just inside here. We don't just bottle it up and keep it inside here. It all of a sudden becomes a living, active thing. And who knows that the word of God is a living and active thing. Who knows that the Word of God is able to penetrate and sever bone from marrow? I mean, once you release that, the possibilities are endless about what's possible. So that's what prophecy is, and that's what the power of it is. It's the power to overcome the accuser. Because we're living in a time, and we'll continue to live in a time where they just don't get us. They don't understand They don't know why we believe in Jesus. They don't know why we set ourselves and our standards and our morals in this word. They don't get it, and they want to challenge us every once in a while. 
But here's what I've come to know is you cannot challenge experience. It's been my experience that this works. It's been my experience that when I pick up the word of God, this is released in my life. It's been my experience if I hold on to this hope, then his hope does not disappoint. Then let me tell you how. I can't argue with that at all. You just can't. It's kind of like the Brandovics. They like to, uh, every once in a while, high school children. And so uh, Brandy's uh, dad was telling me about pliers. Y'all ever had a discussion about pliers? Never had until I talked to Brandy's dad. But he he was telling me about the process of hiring youth and how one young man knew how to use pliers and the other young man didn't. And so he tried to teach that young man how to use pliers. Of course, he wasn't hearing it. This is how I use pliers, and this is how I'm going to keep using pliers. If you don't know what pliers are, we'll talk later. But anyway, you can't use pliers like that. It's just not very effective, right? I mean, and so you got to one-hand them, and you got to be able to use your fingers like chopsticks. I can't use chopsticks. I don't care for sushi. I'm not going to try to learn how to use chopsticks. But anyway, in using that one hand, you know, he's trying to teach him. He's, he's not having any of it. But somewhere later down the road, that testimony of how to use a pair of pliers is going to come and click. Because that's what happens. A lot of times we we'll release a prophetic word or release a word of encouragement and we don't see it come to pass. But somewhere down the road, trust me, it's going to come to pass that that person is going to pick up a pair of pliers and they're going to get frustrated enough to throw them and they're finally going to learn how to use a pair of pliers and and it's just going to click. And so that's the testimony of your word being released and it finally coming to pass because at some point it clicks up here. We get this way a lot of times with kids, you know, we get so frustrated, but, you know, give it some time. Let the garden grow a little bit. It's going to be okay. We just got to keep praying and just realize it's going to come to pass. Thing, good things are going to happen in that situation. So you can't argue with that. Even when they come up against you and say, well, I don't like Jesus, you don't have to. You don't have to like Jesus. You don't have to get it. This is how I live my life. Just sit back and relax. It's going to be good. And so just trust that process. And so anyway, tonight we are going to have the prophetic teams here. Bill and Kathy Johnson, longtime friends of Ashley's and mine and many in this church, they were over at Trinity, and uh, they got to the age where they just wanted to retire and pass that on to somebody newer. So they're, they're still at Trinity, but they're not in charge of the uh, uh, ministry they used to be at there. But they do have a ministry out of their home, training up people to do the same thing they did in the church. And so those people will be here tonight, and if you've been here in the past, it'll be some familiar faces you're used to seeing. But they're going to release encouraging words to you about what life looks like from the perspective, because like I said in the Bible, Elisha was hunted by the enemy because he heard the plans of the enemy, and he'd go and tell the king. And so Israel would survive the battle because they heard. I mean, that's just an amazing, astonishing power, right? Jesus said, greater works than we these you shall do. And that's the greater works he's talking about, is being able to see a temple, being able to breathe life into that temple so that it builds it up. And you do that by encouraging. You do that by consoling. You're doing that just by the simple act of being obedient to Christ and walking in his word. And so it's a great place to set. And if you've never received a word like that, it can do something that changes your life. It could be something that changes the area around you that you walk in greatness. I'm a good example of that. You know, I always wanted to speak. Like I said, I've always, if you've known me for very long, I always wanted to be a place where I could preach. And I finally got the opportunity, so thank you. Thank you for being here this morning. But it didn't always have the gumption to do it. People had to build that into me. People had to speak that into me. And they did so by telling me that unless you're a man of honor, unless you're a man of boldness, 
I didn't have any idea that was in me until they continued to pound it into me that they're, they're men of boldness. And that's what a prophetic word does. It releases God's will in your heart so that the rest of the world can be impacted by it. And hopefully it's a good word. It's kind of like the Freemans. I mean, the Freemans, they're a good bunch of people that come to church every Sunday. At some point, White Deer is going to be a better place, and it is now a better place because you're in there, but it's going to be a place that is founded around what you start with your family. White Deer is going to grow up to be a capital of people known as good, strong, God-fearing people because the Freemans live in White Deer. And so it may be a humble beginning. It might be something you don't quite understand. But trust me, continue to walk in the way you are. And White Deer is going to be based and known because the Freemans live there. It's just going to happen that way. It's kind of like, well, Ronnie. Ronnie in his battle with cancer. He's taken on cancer a couple different times and he's won. He's going to continue to win. Because the world needs to see men of his caliber walking amongst us. They need to see people that believe in God's word and push through that to victory. Because that's what the prophetic word does. It encourages you. It's you coming out alive. Uh, Who knows what can happen if we just walk in those places. I mean, the prophetic word's amazing about what it can do. But the one thing I want you to understand is it breaks the neck of the accuser. Whatever you're facing, it could be the cancer coming against you. It could be the the bills piling up. I can stand in testimony of telling you it's not going to take my life. It doesn't get to destroy what God has brought forth. And who knows, God's word will not return to him void. It promises that in the Bible. I mean, it's like all the families that adopt kids. Every ounce of energy that you put into taking those kids is making our world a better place. And it may not feel like it from time to time because it's a, it's, it's a battle. But think about your, what you're battling against. You're battling against the future and what it could have been. And now that you're in that place, that's the reason the struggle is so hard. You're going to be able to overcome that struggle and the world's going to be better because of the mantle you picked up of adopting those children. And so I'm sorry it's hard, but it's hard because you're battling for the future. Stay in the fight. We're all here for you. We're all here praying for you because what you do matters. Every ounce of strength and every tear and every frustration, it matters because our world's going to be better tomorrow because of what you did today. So God bless you for doing that. It's kind of like Brandon. Brandon's a short guy in case you didn't know. He has to drive all the way in for Fritch. It takes the miles off his legs. It's not his fault. But it's like Brandon. Brandon constantly breathes words of encouragement into me. Every Sunday he wants to pray over me. And I don't know, but when he prays over me, there's just this encouragement inside of me that I can do this. That there's more for me than against me. That God has put me in a place where Brandon can come and take those words and those prayers and make a better me because he releases whatever God's put in his heart over me. And that's a beautiful place to exist in. It changes the world. And so I like to call the worship team up. If you need more prophecy, if you want to hear more prophetic words, come tonight. Please. Six o'clock, Bray and the worship team are going to be up here. Then we got those guys coming in from Amarillo and some other places. I mean, I think somebody's driving in from Floyd Data. We will not bless them since the Panthers have to battle them next Friday, but we will bless her. But uh, it's going to be a great time. And of course, Bray has done a wonderful job. Now, Bray has a small child recently born. 
And uh, it's up at the hospital. Rhett's up at the hospital battling RSV right now. So it's a, it's, a, it's a moment of sacrifice for him and his family to even be here. So God bless you for giving into that. And may your blessings pour right back on Ashley and Rhett and that RSV come off of our kids. We just don't need it. We don't want it. We don't like it. But just realize the power of the word in your God, in the power of God in your lives, you speaking it has the power to break the accuser's neck. It has the, it's not a fishtail. Well, look at me. Look what God did for me. You know, there's, there's those guys you'll talk to. They're like, well, God did this for me. God did this for me. We just need to console people and exhort people, encourage people. There's time for testimony and telling them how great God was in your life and take those opportunities. But it's kind of like the beautiful Browns over here. Who doesn't love those guys, right? Anyway, I mean, one day you're a fireman, the next day you're the chaplain of the firefighter. And it's been that way for a couple years, but we forget that that walks amongst us. Submitted to God, who knows how your workplace can change for the better? Because, you know, firefighters, all they do is sit around all day and wait for the fire to happen. But in the meantime, he gets to go out and give words of encouragement and be something else in his workplace because he believes in the power of God. And how much better is Pantex because we have people like that in their midst? How much better is Pantex because Tammy's out there? And I know you're trying to retire, so we, we, we know that's going to be a good thing. But how much better is Pantex because of people like Tammy Wendell who walked through those hallways and knows what it's like to release the Word of God in that place? It's going to be an amazing life if we'll just get those testimonies in gear and get them out there. But join us tonight because God loves you. I get so tired of driving into Amarillo and this church gets more probably words than it should. But I, this fire and brimstone that God is angry with you. God is not angry with you. He loves you. He so loves you. It's not just some fairy tale that some guy went to the cross and gave his life for you. It's not just some long ago, far away thing. Jesus Christ, a man of flesh and blood, gave his life that we might spend eternity in heaven. Eternity. This life is but a passing shadow. And we have each other to help get us through that in the encumbrance of the Holy Spirit. And that's a beautiful thing. That means tomorrow is going to be a better day. And that means you telling people about how it's a better day releases your testimony. And your testimony encourages, it comforts, and it consoles us. And it's only because you picked it up. It's kind of like Pastor Tori. You know, I was congratulating her earlier when you weren't here. I don't know where you're at. But we said thank you. But it's kind of like Tori giving out these little gifts to people and speaking words of encouragement to people. It changes life around us, and it's only because she picks it up and speaks it forth that that happens. So thank you if you already do that. If you don't know how to do that, come and talk to us. We'd love to speak with you. If you need prayer for anything else, we'll be over here in the wings praying for you. But above all, thank you for being here. And I will thank you for being here and congratulate you at the same time, because you give me hope that the living Word of God matters in your hearts enough to show up on a Sunday morning and to support each other. And that makes my week a whole lot better place. Thank you for the opportunity to be up here. God bless you. And that's this week's message. We hope that you are encouraged and inspired. If you would like to join our online campus and experience the service as it happens live, go follow us on Facebook or YouTube 
by searching The River in Panhandle, Texas. Have an amazing and blessed week.